You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Thursday. What up? It's Riled Up here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. Of course, I'm Roy White at RW3 on Twitter with my esteemed colleague, Mr. Tom Ryle at Tom Ryle BTB, both uh, of the print and the podcast fame, as you can check out all of his great work at bloggingtheboys.com. Of course, all the great writers at Blogging the Boys. And uh, we will actually get into a couple of the articles that have been posted this week because they raise some very interesting questions, including the type of free agents that the Cowboys might want to target here now that we are officially into the offseason, Tom. But before we do any of that, right, before we do that exciting stuff, I do want to briefly rewind to five days ago when we actually crowned a new Super Bowl champion. Well, not a new one, an old one, one we're probably too familiar with. But I do think the fact that Tom Brady was the one that came out on top in that game, I do think it has some ramifications as far as the Cowboys and their negotiation with Dak Prescott is concerned. But before I get into that, Tom, you had a take on Mr. Tom Brady and whether or not he is the GOAT or not. Is that really something that can possibly be debated at this point? Well, yeah, because I think there's a, a huge difference between being the most successful quarterback in the history of the league, which he unquestionably is, and being the greatest quarterback. No, I, I, I would still lean towards Peyton Manning for his ability and skill. The thing that Peyton didn't have was the supporting cast and the coaching of Bill Belichick, which even though the Patriots fell off the table this year, that combination was still key. And don't forget that when Brady went from Belichick to Arians as his head coach, that's not the drop-off he would have had at so many other places. Uh, You know, Arians is an awfully good coach himself. And, you know, it it was good to see him finally get a win uh, and get to the Super Bowl and get the ring. But, Tom Brady is just he, – he has the right skill set if you put him in the right position. He's, there has always been an element, some elements of his supporting cast that have been important. Now, is he very smart? Yeah, he's very smart as a quarterback. Uh, he may not apparently be able to judge his rate of drinking too well as – based upon hmm. some videos of him staggering off of the boat after the boat parade in Tampa. Little avocado but, tequila. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, uh, that just sounds nasty to begin with. Um, but he, he, he is so good at 
knowing what he can do and what his players around him can do and what the, you know, the other team is giving him, he doesn't get, get greedy and he really doesn't try to be the hero. And if you contrast him with what Patrick Mahomes was doing, um, you know, first off, Mahomes was under constant attack. I saw that it was something like 57% of the snaps he dropped back to pass, he got pressured on. And that is just the highest rate anybody has ever heard of. Uh, and so he was having to try to play the hero. And he was doing some incredible things. You know, he was throwing the ball while falling down under pressure, getting hit, and putting it in his receiver's hands. His receivers, unfortunately, kept dropping them. And so I think that Mahomes was actually, uh, if you're looking at strictly from athletic ability, arm strength, uh, and everything he showed, Mahomes was the better quarterback. The rest of his team just failed around him. And, you know, that started with the fact that he didn't really have an offensive line in front of him. So it was too much for him to overcome. Brady very intelligently spotted a great situation for him to go into when it was time to move on from New England. You know, not only did he get a lot better weather to live in, but he he went to a place that had the talent. I mean, you know, he came into a place where he had Mike Evans, uh, he recruited Gronkowski to come join him. So he had his uh, kind of – And Antonio Brown. Three guys yeah, that caught touchdowns say, in that game. Yeah, I was going to say that. They, he also, I think, was instrumental in Brown coming. So he not only went into a good situation, but he helped improve the, the, the situation around him. And then you add in the fact that they had just a, a monster defense that was just – eating Kansas, uh, Kansas City's line alive and pressuring uh, Mahomes so much, that was the key. It wasn't that Brady had to be the superstar. Brady just had to be the right quarterback. And there's a term that's used derisively, and that is a bus driver. Well, Brady's not so much a bus driver as he's a very skilled race car driver. You know, and when you put him in a good race car, he can drive that about as well as anybody. You know, he doesn't have to do it all with, with you know, pinpoint 40-yard passes and stuff. He does it by being able to find the open guy, figure out what the other team is throwing at him, get the ball out quick. And that's why I think he is more the right quarterback. And it, it all depends on how you're going to judge greatest of all time. If if you're strictly going on quarterback wins and how many Super Bowls, then yeah, you're going to say he's the greatest of all time. Well, how do you judge team success in a team sport, Tom? How do you yeah. judge team success or individual success in a team sport? Is it and, not how much you elevate the players around you? And I might agree that he had a lot of help in New England, but let's also remember that when he had his best weapons to pass to, he was not winning Super Bowls, right? Mm -hmm. He lost them in his undefeated season in the final game when he had the best group of receivers he ever had in Randy Moss and Wes Welker at mm -hmm. all. But when he had guys like Dion Branch or mm -hmm. guys like, hell, uh, I mean, who was the, the one? Was it Troy Smith in his early days who played both sides of the ball? Um, I don't remember. He had, a you know – a number of no-name guys. Now, they might have had, like, the pieces around it, and I can certainly mm -hmm. 
you know, agree with that. But at the same time, to win that football game, he was not favored in that game. They were not favored in the game up in Green Bay. And Tom okay. Brady still found a way to get it done and not only get it done, but really put on a fair – I mean, agreed that he wasn't pressured that much, not nearly as much as Patrick Mahomes was. But no. – I don't think I can definitively agree that Patrick Mahomes played a better football game, even if the two touchdown passes that hit guys in the face mask were caught because he I didn't say he played through two interceptions. I didn't say he played a better football game because his crucial mistake was he kept trying to bail out and find the big play to, to, to save him when he should have been looking for a quick way to release the ball or just throw it out of bounds and live to, to fight another down and not get sacked or not, you know, risk a turnover. Uh, I didn't say he played a better game. I said he had more skills everywhere except in experience and that ability to understand the situation. And I have to think that part of that has to go – on Andy Reid and his staff because they had a horrible game plan for going in with just a terrible offensive line. They did not give Mahomes, they did not tell Mahomes, look, you've got to avoid doing this. You can't run around. And maybe that's just something he's going to have to learn the hard way. And this may have been a huge lesson for him. I'm just saying that Brady's never had a rifle arm. He's always been very smart and not played outside of himself. Now, that may be something he's very good at. Uh, I just have to happen to wonder if, if, he, if Brady had been somewhere else all these years, would he have had all those rings? Would he have done so well? If Peyton Manning had landed with Bill Belichick, what could they have done? These are all unknowns. I, and, and like I said, I always differentiate by saying that Brady is the most accomplished quarterback we've ever seen and probably will ever see. That doesn't necessarily mean that there's not somebody out there that is actually a, a better quarterback. They just didn't get as many skins on the wall. And that's unfortunately how most people judge sports. I just take a little bit different view of it. Sure. Well, that's a fair argument on your part. And I will say, you know, as far as skins on the wall goes, I think I'm in the camp that believes he will not be caught. Uh, I, 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 you have a, you, you, you think this is a Joe DiMaggio type number that yes. he's accumulated. I do think um, that, um, I, you know, and, and that may be, that, that may be overlooking guys, right? Um, Patrick Mahomes is an incredible talent, and I agree that he probably is on his way to being the next. G-O-A-T. I hate that phrase, yeah. but goat, you know. Uh, but with that said, it is a team game, and this is the part that I think Cowboys fans need to pay attention to or at least should be aware mm -hmm. of. There is a cost aspect to it. And unfortunately, with Tom Brady winning this Super Bowl, the pattern kind of continues that paying your quarterback – over 20% of your team's cap may not be the way to win you a Super Bowl. Now, is that necessarily a fair way to assess the position and the amount of resources that are, you know, uh, what's the word, attested to it? Maybe not, 
But at the same time, that is how the cookie crumbled. Ultimately, yeah. what cost Kansas City, you could argue, is their lack of depth at a position they may have been able to fortify better had they not been paying Patrick Mahomes a lot. And that's not really even with his big numbers kicking in. Mm-hmm. But the Cowboys face the same thing and, you know, admittedly they were paying Dak uh, on the salary cap, I mean, on the uh, franchise tag. So, you know, he was eating up a good bit of it. But I, I, I try to avoid those hard and fast formulas because there's all – to me, there's, there's so many different ways to get to the goal. And we've seen different teams do it different ways. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's what I'm getting to. That's what I'm getting to. This is a copycat league, okay? On one side, you have pay the great quarterback tons of money. On the other side, you have build a great team, and when good to great quarterback, because you, as you said, you don't think Tom Brady's the greatest. He was just a good quarterback in the right situation or arguably even a great quarterback. Couldn't mm-hmm. the case be made that the better thing to do is somewhat similar to what the Colts are doing now, and that is building the great team around them. Build it, Tom, and they will come. And if this offseason is any indication, based on what the quarterback market is looking like, I think a compelling case could be made now more than ever that, hey, you know, it might not be that hard to get a guy who is right for the situation at a cheaper rate than what you're about to pay the big guy. And you know, I've always been a Dak fan, Dak defender to the death, totally deserve, think he deserves the money. And I would have paid him two years ago when the number would have only cost you 30 million. Right. I people at that time on a radio station in Dallas that he was worth that much. And they argued against it. Yeah. And that was, that that was where we're at. That was where they blew it. You know, all the, the money they were whining about. Uh, that was a no-brainer. Like now we're in a discussion where, okay, is 45, is 40 too much? That is a conversation that, you know, they put themselves in, agreed. Yeah. But now that we're here, it needs to be had. But the, the question is, is it too much to pay for the right quarterback? And I'm, the, you caught me. There was something that I got into uh, on Wednesday that I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look at. It was a little Twitter exchange uh, where they were talking about it's not one particular thing, but you have to look at how you can balance the, uh, <clears throat> you know, how you keep your intercession, interception rate down and how many sacks you take and how well you do with, with throwing the ball downfield. And it isn't that you want someone who's the absolute best at one of them. You want a guy that can balance them because if you're throwing the ball downfield a lot, you're probably going to sacrifice with a worse interception percentage and sack rate because throwing the ball downfield means you've got to hold it longer and you take more risks. Uh, and that's where you want somebody that really balances. And I haven't yet dug into the numbers, but I think that's going to kind of show that, well, once again, 
the Cowboys have their answer right there if they can just work out the contract and face the fact they're going to have to pay for it. And the other thing is you talk about how much of the cap cap uh, that they eat up with one position. I think that that's kind of a bit of a, a, a bit of a red herring because if they sign him to a long-term deal, let's say they, they finally get over this fifth year fetish they have and sign him to a four-year deal, the first year is not going to eat up that much of the cap. Then with new broadcast deals coming up, uh, the, one of the broadcast arrangements, I can't remember who it is, might be Monday Night Football, is up after this year and the rest of them are up for renegotiation after 22. All of a sudden, by the time you get down there, that big cap number for Dak is going to be driven down because the cap's going up. So even that argument, I think, is a bit specious because you have to look at the future and you have to look at how you're managing your money. I just still think that the best route they could take is to go with Dak because who are you going to get? Uh, they're going to work out some trade for Deshaun Watson. I just well, hell, don't appara- know. apparently Russ is on the market. Deshaun's on the market, right? Matt Ryan. I mean, you could go down the list of guys. It's almost yeah. more guys that aren't on the market. Uh, excuse me, that uh, there are less guys that aren't on the market than are. Yeah, but do you, I, do you want to go with a guy that's that's older, like like a Russ or a Matt Ryan? I don't. I don't I'm not like not so that. much Matt Ryan. Really, just throwing that name out there, but Russ. Yeah. Us. Yeah, Us. I just I don't know how I don't know he's taken a lot of sacks in his career, and I just don't know if that's going to to come up. It's an unknown that would worry me. Now, they could work out a thing to get Deshaun. Uh, that okay? I don't think that would be a horrible way to go, uh, and then let that go on the open market and. I mean, it would probably work out badly for him because he's going to probably wind up having to sign in a in a really bad situation. But um, you know, I still I still think the wisest way is for them to work out a deal, and like I says, the Joneses need to get over themselves and and figure out how to get a four year deal done with Dak and be happy with it, and then in three years they can try to figure out what they need to do next. Uh, I just don't see either trying to get a veteran in somebody, one of these people that seems to be out there with all kinds of rumors floating around uh, versus, uh, you know, bringing in a rookie. Cause I, I just did a piece about how rookies a crapshoot. Number one pick, number 10 pick, however you get them, a first round rookie is still essentially a coin toss. Uh, you know, they, they may work out or they may just kind of, they may be Carson Witts and Jared Goff. That's just the reality of it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
No question about it. Well, I would definitely steer away from them looking at a quarterback in the draft. I have no interest in that and do not want to see them uh, upset the apple cart in any aspect in that regard. You can bring Andy Dalton back uh, <laughs> or you or you could find another option there at backup quarterback because, again, it really ain't going to matter for them. One thing you did mention, the Jones boys getting their act together. Well, Jerry Jones earlier this week was photographed on social media at a liquor store in Prosper, taking a photograph with a fan. That is actually the same city that Dak Prescott resides in and nowhere near where Jerry Jones resides, just so hmm. you know, in case you're listening and you're not in the DFW area. So fun factoid to chew on. There's a lot of fun factoids on social media to chew on. We'll probably have to go through those at some point, including whether or not it matters that Jerry Jones's grandson is voting to let Dak go on an Instagram online poll. Tom, don't shake your head, Tom. Don't shake your head. I'm I know, that's just such a silly story. I know, it's so <laughs> stupid. And we're not going to talk about it here, but I did enjoy uh, bringing it up and having a laugh about it. Um, what we are going to talk about – go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Though. You may be headed where I'm thinking. No, I'm what going. we are going to talk about, coming up on the other side of the break, right, three free agents available, Okay. all of which could significantly help the Cowboys, but you can only select one. Who are you adding between Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson – or Shaquille Griffin. We'll do that next here on Riled Up on the Blogging Boys Podcast Network. And we're back. As you know, Thursday means Riled Up on the Cowboys with Tom Ryle, my co-host, and myself, Roy White, at RW3, at Tom Ryle, BTB on Twitter. If you want to follow us, share your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys and the offseason that they are about to embark on and what you think their plans will be. And specifically, in regards to this question, if, Tom, you could add one of these three players to the Dallas Cowboys this offseason, who would you add? Veteran, Super Bowl winner, Richard Sherman? Longtime standout cornerback, all-pro player in Patrick Peterson? Or the youngest option of the three, young cornerback Shaquille Griffin, who is about five years younger than either of those two. But coming off of a rookie season in Seattle, where he's likely looking to get paid a significant sum. Okay. Um, my, my thinking on this is that the rest, barring some other moves, this is a chance for them to bring in one veteran leader. So Griffin is a player on the rise. He's probably going to have a high price tag. Uh, you know, it'd be great to have him if you didn't have to consider the whole cap situation. But I'm going to lean towards. Yeah, I'm going to lean towards one of the two older guys, and of the two, I would lean towards Patrick Peterson. Uh, I, I mean, I just think he's got a little bit more in the tank than Sherman. Uh, I'm not saying that either of them wouldn't help. And if they wound up going with Sherman and, and over Peterson, assuming they're going with either of them going that way, because we know how the Cowboys are about free agency. But I would 
think that I'd like to bring in Patrick Peterson. I saw someone, uh, I can't remember which one of the people that are a lot closer to the team than we are, uh, mentioned it might have been Hellman. Uh, you know, the, for those that don't know, David Hellman is just a great source. Uh, worked with DallasCowboys.com. Uh, love the guy. Uh, but um, somebody was mentioning that they would be looking at, at, at getting Peterson to play free safety for him. Uh, which would help greatly in that spot. Plus, just having that experience, that kind of you know leadership and influence in the secondary, I think would just benefit the whole group. So he would be my choice. <laughs> Sherman would be second. Like I said, I think Griffin's price tag just puts him off, off the table. Yeah, if they weren't willing to pay Byron Jones $15 million, Hard to imagine that they're willing to pony up for a free agent candidate that they don't have as much inside knowledge about as they had about Byron. I, I tend to be in that same camp with you. Uh, 32 seems a little bit too old for me. The other part about Sherman that just still sticks with me, and perhaps it's the stigma more than the reality because guys have been able to come back from it, but those Achilles injuries, man, uh, you get one of those and that – kind of spells the end a lot sooner for me the fact that he's also 32 uh maybe the team would benefit from the veteran presence but not so much from the play that he would bring yeah. to the table peterson not only from a talent perspective but also from the aspect that he could contribute at the safety position uh shore up a position that they have been unable to find a reasonable answer for and you know, free up, I think, some of his ball hawking skills that are probably still there. The instincts that remain even when the skill sets diminish as they get a little bit older. So I'm totally with you. Patrick Peterson, of those three, should probably be the Cowboys' top target. And, you know, the other part about a guy like Peterson is, and I may be, you know, um, projecting here, but I got to think that's a guy – he seems like a guy who's always enjoyed the spotlight, right? Yeah. What better way to <laughs> put yourself in the spotlight than join America's team? And I know it sounds corny, yeah. especially from a team that, um, you know, is coming off of a season that they're coming off of. But let's face it, once Dak Prescott is healthy and we roll into the, into the preseason, Tom, the hype will start to build around this thing again. Yeah. Uh, it will no matter become, how it plays out. It will yeah, no become Super Bowl or bust again. Like, mark my words now, here yeah. in February yeah. – one week after the Super Bowl is over, and we could literally see how far this team has to go, I promise you, in seven months, oh, they're, they're on the cusp. Now, I know you won't be saying that, Tom, because you were astute yeah. enough to write that article a week ago on yeah, bloggingboys.com about how the Cowboys are more than one offseason away from fixing it. And I think it's a smart one to remind people of because – it will prepare them for probably what's likely ahead. Yeah. Now, I, will, I do want to say one thing of a contrarian nature. Of course it you do. It would be kind of great if they signed Griffin because if they signed him after they couldn't find room for Byron Jones, it would probably give us at least 14 episodes of nothing but me screaming and ranting about what an idiotic move that was. <laughs> you want to see Tom Riled really riled up? Get them to sign Shaquille Griffin. Hashtag sign Griffin. All right, now I'm in the sign Griffin camp. Just so I can see that. 
Finally, Tom, <clears throat> I wanted to touch on one more item with you. We won't get to the ridiculous DAG news of the week. Uh, unfortunately, we'll have to save that for next week. I'm sure something will come along. So rest easy, Cowboys fans. We will absolutely get to that. But I had one more thing for you, and I'm going to call this simply agree or disagree with this statement. If the Cowboys were going to trade a wide receiver, this is the offseason to do it. Do you agree with that statement or not? I don't agree with it personally. Uh, and that's because looking at something else I've kind of got in the early stages of working on. I'm trying to look at the overall roster situation, trying to figure out, you know, where they need to address things and what route to go. They've got three starting wide receivers. And right now we don't know what they're going to have behind them. So do you really want to trade away one of your three and have a definite hole to fill? That's your strongest position group on the, the the roster right now. I don't think there's any question about that. Tight end might rival it, but tight, the tight ends are not as dangerous as those wide receivers, I think, um, in general. And so do you really want to take one leg of that stool out uh, and hope you can either draft the right rookie or – you know, find someone or, you know, is, is going out and trying to resign Cedric Wilson really going to answer that, which I don't think it will. Is John Vea Johnson going to suddenly emerge? No, I don't think it's a good idea to trade one of your part of your real strength. Your three-legged stool, as you kind of mentioned. Well, I want to tell you why I think it is. Okay. Specifically. You mentioned another position group in the tight end position group. Last year, it was easy to see that, hey, either Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz are kind of capable of getting it done. Why not, going into next season, find a way to get them both more involved in the offense? They showed that they were capable of it, number one. And number two, the assets that you have at the wide receiver position, Tom, for better or worse, as great as they were this season, they did not help you win football games if the quarterback was not available also. And in that regard, if they could return you a significant cornerback option, right, in the form of I think what Michael Gallup might be able to get for you because of his low salary number, or – if you're looking at trading Amari and getting rid of the salary, then perhaps you get a, a younger option. I think I would be okay with them rolling or trying to roll with a two tight end set more in 2021 and take their chances on finding a rookie wide receiver in the third, fourth, or fifth round with the multiple picks that they have in those rounds. Because, and I only say it because of recent history, wide receivers can be found coming out of college in today's game. They can be found much later by and large than they used to be, right? It kind of used to be get them in the first two rounds or, or good luck. It's as much of a crapshoot as anything else. It feels like now, Tom, that that position, especially stretches into the fourth round in some occasions, 
Well, Michael wrong? Gallup. That's where you got Michael Gallup, right? Yeah. That's, he, I mean, I think he was he, a third. Yeah, he was, he was not a first or second rounder. No, that. no he was a third rounder. He was absolutely so, a third rounder. I mean, so I the, go ahead. Yeah, I just, I I would not want to to move Amari. I mean, not your best wide receiver. Uh, well, and I only I bring mean, Amari up because he's from a cap standpoint. Obviously, he's you know perhaps the one that you might benefit the most from moving from a cap standpoint. Again, I yeah, agree. That just is also your that, best wide receiver. That just that just brings to to mind visions of DeAndre Hopkins being shipped off by the Texans. It's like, no, I just don't want to go that route. Um, But don't you also have, I mean, they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins 2.0 in Houston. We have CD lamb and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I I didn't think it was that bold to say that CD lamb was going to be the best wide receiver of the three last season as a rookie. And I thought he was kind of on his way to doing that until Dak went down. Yeah. And, and he found he, himself. But but even still, um, in his second season, is he more than ready to take the mantle? I believe so. And if he yeah. is, then, you know, Amari's value, as valuable as he is and as great as he is, it does diminish somewhat because his replacement's right there. Same thing like a guy in Minnesota and Adam Thielen – Right, Adam Thielen, been a spectacular wide receiver over the past several seasons. But you know what? They're looking to move on from Adam Thielen. I bet you, because they found the future in Justin Jefferson. Yeah, uh, I. It's one of those things I can I can see the logic. It it still's not the way I would want to go. Uh, you know, if you're going to try to try to find somebody you want to trade, you know, surely there's somebody out there that can be cut. I mean that can see a great value in going after Jalen Smith or something. I just, just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Tom. I'm sorry. Tom. Jay, if I, it's, you know, you, Tom, could they get a I, sack I of be, rocks can, for Jalen Smith? Yeah. Uh, as long as they got rid of the, the salary, you know, ship off a six rounder with him, uh, you know, but, uh, I, I, yeah, I hate to say that. I, 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 ha, I do live in fear because, and, and I probably think I can get away with this because I am kind of by nature due to some circumstances uh, that just exist. I'm kind of a hermit type person so I, and live out in rural East Texas, so I'm not really worried about stumbling across Jalen Smith at a gas station <laughs> while I'm looking for some cheap wine. Well, you'll see but, him coming uh, if he shows up because he'll be wearing either like a bright orange jumpsuit or uh, something dangling for sure. Yeah, you'll see him yeah, if he's he, coming. Yeah, or, but, you know, I just, uh, you know, I've, you, I just – I wonder how some of these players don't just haul off and punch some people. And, I, you know, that was meant, you know, kind of in fun. I, 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 I'm hoping that something clicks and the Dan Quinn gets something out of Jalen. I'd love to see that happen. Uh, you know, that's just – it's kind of like the whole thing of – when you were talking about the fact I was saying that it's going to take more than one off season, they're going to have to prove me wrong on that. You know, I'm going to have to see something and that's, you know, I'm hoping to see it. I'm just not going to lay any money on it happening myself. 
Well, uh, we'll see as this offseason goes along. I'll take your temperature on your confidence level of Jalen Smith's recovery and bounce back in 2021 or on whether or not he's going to be a cowboy the entire offseason. We'll see how things go. But yeah, and that's he's he's going to be a guy to watch. I would not be surprised to see some things. You know, there could be a storyline developing there that we'll get to cover later. You know, and there's a couple of things that could happen. You know, I think it's just because of the contract and everything, it's more likely he'll be playing in Dallas. But there are certainly scenarios I see where that ain't ain't the way it's going to go. Well, with that, Tom, I think we'll conclude this episode of the pod. Every Thursday, you can hear Riled Up on the Cowboys with myself, Roy White, and my buddy, Tom Ryle, having a great time with you, bringing you all the fantastic content here on Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. And make sure you check out all the other pods that we have available. The Draft Guys on Friday do a fantastic job. Of course, my girl, uh, Kelsey Charles, and uh, the, the ones on uh, – and Meg McMurray uh, – Meg Murray, excuse me, on uh, Girls Talking Boys is a great podcast you should absolutely check out. And, of course, as always, check out all the great content, bloggingtheboys.com. Bookmark it. Save it. Make sure you check it out. And uh, until next week, Tom – We will keep an eye out on all the Dak Prescott news coming. A little bit of the dead period. We got free agency to look forward to. And maybe we'll start into a little bit more of that next week. For Tom, I'm Roy. This is Riled Up. We'll see you.